You were lying on the table. You had a bright light shining in your eyes. Were there any smells in the room? Were there any sounds? Yes. Yes, there was a sound. Computer, there were noises coming from the darkness. Strange. Like a whispering. More like clicks. Clicking sounds. Louder. Faster. More of them. I've been in this room before. We've all been here before. to Deep Space Pride, a gay Star Trek podcast. My name is Mike. I am one of your hosts. And with me here in person is my co-host, Johnson. I'm definitely a little buzzed right now. (laughs) But I'm here and I'm present and I'm with you in person. In person. We are recording live. I'm I'm so excited to be here. This is is a new experience. I'm also excited that there's no air conditioning because... That was going to be disruptive to this recording, so now I'm just sitting here sweltering in my own sweat. But that's fine. That's <laughs> I totally think okay. Survive. It's not 100 degrees in here. We do have a fan uh, going. It's a little humid, but it, that's okay. But for this recording, we're going to be... We'll but, be fine. Yes. Yes. How, we're how here. Has your, how has your week been? This week has been crazy. Work has just been nuts. I do have a date for Sunday, though. That's, that's something to look forward to. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. I do want to um, ask your opinion. And, you know, I, I also want to hear our viewers' opinions or listeners' opinions. We don't have no viewers because they don't see us. But, you know, how interesting to make the first date. Because I haven't had too much experience dating, to be totally honest. And most of my first dates have been either a coffee or a dinner which is fine but it's a little pedestrian so for this one i'm like oh should we do something more interesting but is that too big a commitment i would love to hear your view on it no i think um i I think it's a great idea i think doing but what if you hate each other i I guess at least you have something to distract you in case like you're not you don't want to like really interact that much well so when you meet someone i don't think that you can't not like them right away like speak for yourself mike i don't know (laughs) okay (laughs) maybe but i think like you you don't have a like you've seen pictures of them so you know what they look like you know they're not you know it's not like this isn't a this isn't a catfish situation i don't think so but you never know sometimes like these bots nowadays are very sophisticated. Yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, you've done your homework. You've done some due diligence, and I think that Google, you, Google, is LinkedIn, yeah. So I Facebook. Think, I think that that's uh, Instagram. I think he's he's real. 
And I think it's worth, yeah, I think it's worth doing something because it will take the pressure off of talking completely about yourselves and you'll focus on the activity and then you can sort of learn a little bit more about how each other reacts in the situation. I guess. I'm like, I've never tried this before, so this is my first time. I mean, we'll see if he's even interested because I just offered it as an option. Yeah. I didn't want to force the issue. I think it's a great but idea. But we'll see. I, I hope he does because I'm interested to see how this plays out. Well, I will be sure to chronicle it for all our listeners in the next episode. I think that would be great. Yeah. yeah. But yes, going back to your initial question, this week has been a little crazy. I've been put on a couple new projects because we have some attrition at the company, which happens, you know, that it comes in waves and comes in cycles. And I always seem to be in a position where I need to find ways to cover for these people, which is fine. It's fine. But it's just a little bit nuts. But I'm like, it's fine. The world's on fire, but I'm cool as a cute, chill as a cucumber, cool as a cucumber, whatever it is. I'm totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that Johnson's a little buzz because it's like he's saying cool as a cucumber as cool as he thinks he is. Yeah, right I'm totally cool, totally chill. Yeah. Look at me. I'm like ice, ice. <laughs> anyway, how are you? How was your week? How's it how's it been? Yeah, this week has been all right. Um so as you may have seen on social media, it was what? Well, not you, but as Oh yeah, happy birthday. Thank you. That's right. That's right. I mean, I was with you. You were here. I saw you. Yes. Um, You actually posted the picture before. I did. (laughs) I did. Uh, So yeah, so I had my birthday on Sunday and we celebrated on Sunday. So it worked out nicely. Had a great day. Uh, I do wish I had taken Monday off. Uh, Yeah, because, well, to everyone that doesn't know, Mike hosted at his apartment along with Dennis, his boyfriend, and it's just a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Um, you had like a bunch of people over. You guys cooked. We cooked. You made sangria. You have sangria. you make great sangria, which I love. But it was just a lot of food and a lot of prep and a lot of cleanup. I'm just like, yeah. I mean, no, thank it's, you. so believe it or not, it was less than previous parties work wise. Well. Dennis also, how much did Dennis do? Dennis did, I mean, you know, Dennis did uh, quite a bit as well. A chunk. A chunk. But I wouldn't say, like, you've been to several of our parties before, and those have been, like, hours upon hours This was also a lot. It was a lot. It was like, you guys went out to barbecue. It was, like, 95 degrees outside. It was, It was, like, yeah, and there was definitely prep. Yes, there was a little bit of prep, um, but I did actually... So in the past we've gone way overboard, and I did. Yes. I did bring. I did. I did rein it in because I didn't want him to be so crazy with it. You know, there were. I he had ideas like he wanted to do another seafood boil. Oh my I, god! I can't even get out of here. So I kept it. Uh, you know, I said let's just keep it super simple. Uh, he did kind of throw in the asparagus stuff at the last minute it was like asparagus wrapped in prosciutto i was like all right uh, this is nice yeah so he but did, that was the maybe unnecessary but he there's something he wanted to throw in there so yes um yes. yeah and grilling wasn't that hard we you know got the meats ready the night before so it wasn't too too bad mm-hmm. uh, and and as I was hanging out with a couple of friends at the end of the night in the backyard, which finally it was cool enough to do so, mm-hmm. um, he did a lot of he did all the cleaning. So yeah, it's like you came in, it was magically clean, magically clean, and he was passed out on the couch. Yeah, so so, um, 
so yeah so it, it was a great day but i was a little foggy i mean i had uh, <laughs> i had a little bit of um sangria and other yeah so yeah i i wish so note to self take the day after you host your own birthday party to um to rest and recover yeah that's just what dumb. did you speaking uh so the other element of the so we ordered a cake he ordered a cake for me mm-hmm. what did you think of the cake it was fine I'm not a big cake person, oh, that's right. so You're not I'm a not a big dessert. Not well, I like sweets on my drinks. I'm not a big uh, dessert like person. So when people offer me cookies, I'm like, no, thank you. Uh, which is which explains. So we yeah. just got back from dinner. We went out to dinner because I had two bites of dessert. You had two yeah. bites of dessert, and I it is more for you than for me. Yes. Okay. All right. And I, I will realize that now in the future. Especially when we go to Las Vegas, we'll, we'll, I'll be more aware of that. No, it's fine. I enjoy, like, having, like, a bite or two of dessert, but that's it. That's all I need. Okay. I don't need, like, a whole cookie. I don't need a whole cake. Okay. It's just, like, I need a bite, and I'm satiated. All right. So, I'm a more, I'm more of a savory person. All right. Well, But uh... the cake was fine. It cost close to $200. It cost a lot, It was yeah. pricey. I was oh, like, price. is this necessary? There, there was questioning of all the decisions that led up to that point, <laughs> but it was fine. It, I mean, to me, it tasted like Entenmann's. Like, you know, I was like, this is like an Entenmann's chocolate cake, but it had gold dusting. It was it, gold it, dusting. It had these, uh, you know, ridiculous, like, I, I would say, like, frivolous, like, elements to it that yeah. probably there was, a, there was a rose on the cake for oh example. yeah there was a rose in the cake yeah there's a rose on the cake it was all. it was definitely superfluous yeah yes i'm using all the adjectives but it's you all true are, it's yeah. all true it, um, you know you don't need all the adjectives to describe a 200 dollar cake hmm. so yeah there it is yeah but it was, i i thought it was good but i i, I like chocolate and i like cake and, you do like chocolate and you uh, like cake so so all the power to you yeah so yeah it was a good weekend and um it was exhausting i didn't host but i was exhausted on sunday you were because i was very tired also the last of your social engagements yes i had a non-stop weekend it was last the third of my three engagements for sunday and by that time i was over it and you had invited all your friends who i'm not really close to and i was like these randos and i didn't have I was describing to you and Dennis, my social engagement system was overtaxed. Yeah. So I was like on yellow alert, my shields were up, (laughs) and Jordy needed to come and do some maintenance in my turbo, in my, um, (laughs) in my turbo, (laughs) in my Jeffrey's tube. And I was just like, you know, I just, um, I, I, I don't know what to do for Where's you right now. Where's Mariner when you need her to clean your turbo loaf? I mean, I, you know, there's, there were some T88s needed to help me. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, that's another, that's a, that's another reference for everyone. But, yes, I, uh, I, I was not entirely present. I had to, like, get up and go get a coffee in the middle yes, of did the social time. I was just like, and then I left early because I was like, I don't need to be here anymore. But, and it was fine. It was and fine. it was fine. Yeah, I knew. Fine. I knew you were overtaxed, and it was totally fine. And and by that time, you guys were hanging out outside, and I was like, I don't know. Oh, this. okay. Yeah. I well, don't... no. When you left, actually, we. You know, you were in the patio. You were in the back. Yeah, I was showing Andrew and my friend Andrew and his boyfriend the backyard. And but I didn't came, want to. And I didn't want to be there. Yeah. No. 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 I so. Mean, yeah. 
But I'm glad that you had a good time. I did have a good time. You know, and it was a nice, uh, I was glad to be here. Well, thank you for coming. I appreciate of course. it. It was. Uh, we did talk a lot about poppers, which I'm not very familiar with. There, and I was, was like, "What is top? this?" And there was we talked about like poppers for an hour. I was like, "Okay." I don't great. think it was an hour, but I will give you. The, it felt the, very long <laughs> to you. It felt very long. But it was great to have you, and it was great to just, yeah, have friends over. We were all vaxxed, so we mm-hmm. were, and we were inside because it was 95 degrees it was outside so hot. and humid. It was so hot. Even though I spent the day before uh, cleaning up the patio, which um, I probably lost like two pounds of sweat. And, well, I can't help uh, you with your choices. Did, did gardening um, for the first time in a long time, and um, mm-hmm. so yeah. But it was well, good. Uh, it was, yeah, it was a great As long weekend. as you had fun, that's all I that did. matters. It was a lot of fun, yes. Yeah. So thank you, and uh, yeah. And so live that, long and prosper. Thank you. Yes. Um, yes. So why don't we get into some Star Trek talk? I don't even know what we're talking about. I'm oh, so, yes, I'm, you I'm do. Buzzed. We're going oh, <laughs> to... <laughs> I'm we still buzzed. Gonna, we're going to talk about the pride prompt for this week. I understand, Mr. Spock. The glory of creation is in its infinite diversity. And the ways our differences combine to create meaning and beauty. Oh, yes, Pride Prompt. Um, so it's obviously June. Uh, I hope you have an answer because I have yet to fully formulate mine. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it is a challenging question. And, um, you know, I, I was thinking about it, like who I looked up to as a kid. And Wait, ask the question. I'm going to. I need to find the question to read it accurately. So here's the question for this week's Pride Prompt. I'm ready. Who is the character that you identified with the most prior to coming out? And did that change once you came out? Am I and supposed just, to answer this question first? Well, uh, you're looking at me... And, as like with a blank stare, with a blank like, stare. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I I came up with this question and and I didn't I you know I didn't come up with the answer to it. I came up with the question. You had all day. I did have all day, but I didn't focus on the question as much as I should have. I did I did think about it actually when I showered. I thought about it. Do you have an answer to either part of the question, the I, pre or the post? Uh, yeah. Well, yes, I do. Uh, the pre. So. You know, even though I really came of age watching Next Generation, my younger years were watching the original series. So Mm -hmm. um, I think as a younger kid, I wanted to be Captain Kirk. Um, How trite. Continue. (laughs) But I also think I identified somewhat with um, the energy, like, of uh, Dr. McCoy, who's very emotional. Mm, Okay. So... You know, the, the, obviously the original series was really focused on the big three, right? Spock, Kirk, and McCoy. Correct. So, you know, that's, as a kid, you would sort of identify with probably one of those more than the secondary characters, like a Chekhov or a Unless you're black. Yes, exactly. If you, you know, or like, Asian. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm just fair saying. point. Fair point, yeah. You know, I'm just yes. saying. I, I mean, I grew up in Maine, so... In mm-hmm. a rural, te- you know, r- no, semi, sub, somewhat rural area. So yes, I mean, my answer seems like very not out of the box for you know a eight to twelve year old or whatever, you know. But um, 
Uh, you know, and I and as we've discussed before, I didn't come out till I was thirty. So, you know, but however, so all right, so I would say Captain Kirk mm-hmm. um, slash McCoy. Uh, although I did like the banter with Spock, and I, you know, I, I one of the things that always comes to mind is Kirk's sense of humor, like in teasing Spock or and or McCoy, like sort of being the in between. Um, person who like balanced the battle back and forth between emotion and logic. He was such an instigator. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, but also a mediator. Like he would sort of mediate the the yes. two. So, I think that that's also what I identified with as as being the oldest kid. I was sort of the one who is responsible mm-hmm. and had to mediate between the younger my younger siblings mm-hmm. fighting sometimes. Um, so there's that. Then, you know, at 14, when in 1987, when Next Generation came out, uh, you know, the two characters, and I've talked about them before. So I definitely identified with Wesley because I was the same age as Wesley. Right, right. Um, you know, I didn't, I thought he was cute, but, you know, I didn't. I, what? I mean, I thought he was cute, but I didn't, not like, really? I didn't, con- I mean, semi consciously thought he was cute. Oh, um, fascinating. Which, you know, in recent, recently, since it is Pride Month, and, and, you know, this is one of the reasons, many reasons why I like Will Wheaton, you know, he, he actually responded to some fans who said, you know, one of my first gay crushes growing up was Wesley Crusher. Aw, that's sweet. And, and Will actually said, well, on behalf of myself and Wesley, we are, we see you, we are happy that we were, you know, there Aww. for you, so. He's a nice um, guy. He is a nice guy. Um. And I, you know, if you haven't, uh, dear listener, if you haven't listened to him and Gates McFadden on her, I haven't podcast, listened to part two. Did oh, it's good. It? Yeah, it's, it's good. good. Yeah, part part one was great. I think mm-hmm. part two was equally as great. Um, I actually kind of want wish there was more. Like I, I wow. thought it was that good of a conversation. And Will's such a fascinating guy. You know, he's just into so many different things. You know, he, yeah. he's creatively. He's an audiobook narrator. He's a you know, he does, and he's actually one of my favorite audiobook narrators. He does all of John Scalzi's books. I don't know who that is. Yeah, really famous uh, sci-fi writer. Actually, I'm pretty sure John Scalzi was one of the first people who got, and this is pretty recent, and this was like three or four years ago, he got like a 10-year contract with one of the book companies. Oh. Um, and got a huge upfront for, for a 10-year contract and, and, and like a number of books, so... Um, but his, he, he actually, so one of the things I would recommend if you, if you do like Star Trek, which if you're listening to this, I would assume you would, um, he wrote this kind of parody called Red Shirts, Oh, which is actually really funny and, and kind of cute. And, and it does tie into like Star Trek a lot. So actually, you know, and it's, it's a fairly quick read, but if you want to listen to Will Wheaton, um, narrate it i think that that's totally a great idea okay Um, so you know i didn't i wouldn't say i would have a crush because i didn't really understand like being gay and not gay at age 14 yes um but uh i would definitely say that i identified with will uh with will's character wesley um mainly being like the kid who you know wanted to be on the enterprise Mm -hmm. and will got you know wesley was that kid so there's that um and then obviously I have a, a huge crush on Tasha Yar as well. I just liked her fiery 
uh, fieriness. Wait, are we talking about crushes here or about who you relate to? I mean, just character. I guess for me, it's like the question comes up to like, who did I connect with on screen the most? Like, okay. who did I see? Because, you know, it's, you know, I said Kirk from the old series and, and Bones. Uh-huh. But when you translate that to Next Generation, it didn't translate to like having that same feeling for Picard. Picard felt like a much older, like sort of a grandfathery figure. Sure. Um, Will seemed like, Will Riker seemed like more like a older brother or even a younger father figure. Mm-hmm. Um Deanna was interesting, right? But Tasha was, like, this one who, like, spoke up and had fire in her and was, you know... Mm. And as a teenager, I remember being that sort of fiery person... Having that personally, like, with my friends, I was one of those people who would engage in arguments very, like, very much like Bones would. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I, like, that was one of the things. When she died, it was definitely... I've talked about this before. Yes, yes, you were devastated. I was devastated. But, um, so, yeah, I think, I don't know that later on in Next Generation, if I identify, like, switch that after, obviously, Tasha died, um, Wesley left the show eventually to go to Starfleet Academy, mm-hmm. um, I definitely think that it probably still stayed with Wesley for, you know, being a bridge officer and being involved in things, um, but beyond that, I, you know, I'm trying to think, like, obviously, I, I really love the the inherent wisdom in Dax and the relationship she had with Cisco. Are you just going to name every single Star Trek character or are we going no. anywhere with this question? No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, these are all before I came out. So, Oh my like, gosh, we're not even the post part of the question. No, we're not. And, and honestly, like, you know, Enterprise, I came out oh after Enterprise God. was over. So mm. I don't know that I ever really had someone who, I don't think that it changed. Like none of those... I haven't stopped liking any of those characters in favor of other characters. I mean, you and I talked at dinner a little bit, very briefly tonight, about, you know, now we have the very, um, not uh, stereotypical is not the right word, but we have the, and they're sort of token, but not token because they're main characters, but we have gay characters and Mm -hmm. trans characters and a non-binary character in Star Trek Discovery, which I think is great for... People who are coming to to Star Trek now, but um, yeah, I don't think that my you know I don't think that the characters changed because I came out. I mean, mm-hmm. I think all of them, you know, the whole idea we talked about last week just around acceptance was um, and everybody being mm-hmm. valued, right, was right. just part of the inherent nature of Star Trek. So I don't know. Um, that's sort of how I would answer it, and I, I you know. In a long-winded way. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, this is Star Trek, and, you know, these are the characters that I identified with most. Mm-hmm. I don't think it really changed by coming out. Yeah. Um, but I did come up with a question, so I... You did I, come up with a question. You did answer. more than I did. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, obviously, I, I'm interested in hearing your answer to this question. Uh-huh. But I'm also wondering, uh, would love to hear whether that experience translated for anyone out in our listener pool or pool pool oh this you mean putting it out there yeah i'm wondering if this actually changed for anyone out there uh, as they went through the coming out process but i see i see how about for you what did now that you've heard my story and we that was the first time you've heard that kind of yes explanation from my experience what was your experience 
Who did you identify most with? Yeah, so I, as most of our listeners may or may not know, I really did grow up with The Next Generation. So, you know, I was never a huge fan of the original series. So I would say TNG is where my heart's at. Um, and out of all the characters there, I definitely would say, I mentioned this to you earlier, but um, I would definitely say Data is the one that I identified with most um, or found the most interesting. And I mean, I'm sure that isn't that unusual since he was one of the central characters of the show. But, you know, I always found his um, his character from a very intrinsic level to be very interesting, where he was this android who was non-emotional, but always one to be curious about humanity. And I think that there was some innocence about him, not that I'm innocent by any means, but there was this like innocent curiosity in Data that I really liked a lot. Um, whether it was his... You know, whenever, you know, Jordy would say some sort of idiot and Data would, like, misunderstand or something silly like that. Or if he was to ask, like, some sort of very insightful question because he didn't understand the nature of being human. And it was, like, a good question, you know. I don't know. There was something about Data that always fascinated me. And, you know, I'm not a particularly emotional person. Um, and that has to say, oh, that's the reason why I really particularly relate to data. But I do approach life from a very logical way. And oftentimes my reactions are, sometimes I say things that are very much like matter of fact, or it's very much like detached in some ways, for better or for worse. And I think that for me, there was something about data that really seemed to resonate. I don't necessarily think that my, that being said, I don't think that my um, relation to any particular Star Trek character has changed since I came out. So I came out around, I would say, I started to come out in college. So that was around like what, like to myself around like 2003, 2004. And then I didn't really come out, come out till much later. I would say like 20, 15 or so to like you know the world um so it was a little bit delayed so by then obviously like you know star trek was um over like at least the the series were over and we had some movies but um you know i think that in the new series like discovery and such um i mentioned this as well i don't necessarily think that i was like particularly relating to stamets or culber because be like having gay characters on a show was already so run the mill for every show that we watch nowadays that it wasn't really like, oh, I I don't naturally always gravitate towards the gay characters. Like that's not actually my MO. Like just because they're gay doesn't mean that I necessarily relate to them. I would say out of the new generation of characters, I actually really love Tilly. Because she's true to herself, but she's kind of awkward. She's like has this like uncertainty about who she is, and she has to kind of build up this confidence. She has and outbursts that she, uh... she has like these awkward outbursts, and I <laughs> yes. think that that is part of my journey too, where I really had to find myself a little bit. And you know, obviously, in the most recent season, she becomes much more confident in who she is, and it shows. 
um, relative to the first season where she's just really uncertain. You know, she's she has aspirations, but she has a lot of uncertainty about who she is and what she wants and her capabilities. And I would say for me, that's probably a little bit closer to my experience where I really had to discover who I was um, and become confident about who I was. And now I'm kind of like this, like, it's probably a little extreme sometimes where I'm kind of like, take it or leave it. You know, it's kind of just like, if you don't like me, that's okay. You know, like, I, I don't really care. Um, that's not entirely true. I do care, but at the same time, it's not going to, like, bother me. Like, I'm not going to, like, lose sleep over the fact that you don't like me. I'm going to be, I'm still going to be like, it's something about me that, like, I need to improve or change. You know, I still kind of internalize that to a certain extent. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, it's like, you know, not going to be able to please everyone. And I feel that that has been part of Tilly's journey um, over the course of three seasons on Discovery where we really see that evolution of character and I really relate to that. So, and, and I do think that has a little bit to do with my coming out experience too, where I used to be much more uncertain about myself, much more critical of the nature of my sexuality. And I had to not only accept it, but I had to embrace it. So I think that that evolution took years, it took many years, it took more than three seasons, I would say, of my life. But I think that now I'm at a point where, you know, I can, I, I'm much more confident about my identity, my sexuality. Um, I don't want to, you know, lead a starship or whatever, or, you know, like Tilly does. But, you know, I, I think that our journey in that way has been similar. So, yeah. That's a great answer. I just came up with that. You did so. see a couple of old-fashioned and loosens the mind. and Yeah. Yeah, that's a great answer. I, I think that I can definitely see how your journey and Tilly's journey are parallel in a lot of Thank ways. Thank you. Yes, I just came up with that. Give me a gold star. I'm ready to leave. Great job. So, uh, we'd love to hear from our listeners and find out if you identified, or who, rather, which character did you identify with maybe prior to coming out with, coming out, and then did that change once you had come out? And Johnson, you want to tell people how they can share those answers with us? Yes. So, you can email us at deepspacepride at gmail.com, or better yet, you can probably just reach us on Instagram and Twitter at Deep Space Pride. You can comment on some of our recent posts or you can DM us. And we would love to hear about your experiences. Awesome. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for sharing. And Thank uh, you for sharing. Yeah. And uh, we hope to hear from our listeners and share some Pride stories uh, as we go forward. So, great. Well, now should we get into the meat of our great ongoing... segue? So natural, such a natural segue to our next segment. Well, I good mean, job. Well, we could, you know, we could do a commercial. We could throw a commercial. Go in a commercial break, you know. But first, <laughs> yes, um, yes. Actually, we will throw in a quick commercial here. So, uh, Trek Geeks has released a new app on iOS and Android, and. Uh, you can listen to our podcast and all of the podcasts of the Trek Geeks podcast network on that app. 
But also, that's going to be, if you are attending Star Trek Las Vegas slash the 55-year mission mm-hmm. slash uh, creations, whatever, whatever uh, um, convention in August in Las Vegas, one, we'd love to meet you. So if you see us out there, uh, please say hi. But two... Don't uh, come to our hotel room, though. No, no, don't come to our hotel room. Uh, but two, there is going to be a Trek Geeks fans that's party, and you're going to learn more about that. I was like, are you allowed to talk about it? No, but I guess no, you're, no, no, you're, no. you're allowed to tease it. Yes, I'm allowed to tease it. So there, there is, will be. There will be a party, and all the details are going to be released. And I think it's going to be free, right? Or is there like an entry charge? I don't charge? know. I don't know. I'm all right. Sure. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. I never said anything. <laughs> yes. Uh, but you can find out and uh, learn more about that all through the Trek Geeks podcast app that's on iOS or Android. So do a search, download that. You'll find all of our podcasts in there. Uh, and uh, you'll be one of the first people to know about the 55-year mission slash fansets slash Trek Geeks party that's happening in Las Vegas this summer. So check it out. Wait, what is it called? I thought there was like a name for it. Is it um, Fan Geeks or Trek Sets? I no, I did, not, <laughs> I did not think so. Uh, but I thought we like, uh, we, because it's a joint fansets and Trek Geeks party, I think I thought there was like a merging of the two. I don't. It was like we had a two vix kind of situation. It is that. <laughs> oh no, gosh. Um, no. This, I love two vix. Uh, uh, that's a whole nother podcast. Oh, number one. Oh, he was murdered um, by Janeway. Oh, ne- never forget uh, you and uh, every Star Trek fan out there. Um, but. No, there is no <laughs> there is no Tuvix type name for uh Oh, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. You're right. I'm right. I love being uh, right. it's called Fan Geeks Party in Vegas. Okay. There Fan we geeks. go. Oof. Fan Geeks Party in uh Vegas. So uh stay tuned for more of that. Uh more information on that and that'll be available through the iOS and Android app. So download it and uh listen to our podcast there. Um so yeah, there we go. So there's a little tease about that. We'll be in Las Vegas for that convention, and uh, it's going to be fun. So- Hashtag never forget. <laughs> never forget Tubix. Never forget Tubix. Oh, gosh. Uh, all right. Now let's move into our sixth episode of the underappreciated episodes of TNG. And this week was is, this my pick? This was your pick. Yes, you. you well, it's it's a. I joint gave you pick. options. You gave yes. me options. We discussed the three options, and we landed on this one, which is season six, episode five, Schism. Schism. Based on the information gathered from Commander Riker's tricorder, we have determined that the molecular structure of the alien life forms is solanogen based. We think that's why they couldn't come through into our space as easily as they could take us into theirs. They needed to learn how to remodulate their cellular energy states in order to survive in our universe. The tricorder readings indicate they created a small pocket of our universe in their laboratory to keep those they abducted alive. Like putting a fish in a bucket of water. It's probably what they were trying to do in Cargo Bay 4, create a pocket of their universe in ours. What can we do to prevent this from happening again? 
Looks like they found us initially by discovering my modified sensor signal. We should warn all Starfleet ships not to make that same mistake. Have we any idea what came through the rupture before we were able to shut it down? No, sir. We were unable to track it once it left the cargo bay. Maybe it was a probe of some kind. Possibly they were simply curious. Explorers like ourselves. Ensign Rager and I were lucky to have escaped. Lieutenant Hagler's dead. Whoever it was sent that thing was more than simply curious. So, I don't know. I'm not sure there are many gay parallels in this particular episode. No, I'm sure we can draw something out if we tried really hard. But I just picked this episode because, A, I thought that it's not, it's not appreciated. It probably wouldn't land in the top 30, 40, 50. Um, but I thought it was a good episode. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, and this too. is a memorable episode for me because um, I remember watching it the first time and I was creeped the fuck out. And there is this great buildup of mystery and such. Do you want to give the summary to our listeners? Yeah, let me in case tell. You in remember? case you haven't watched this in a while, here's the quick and dirty summary of Schisms. Commander Riker and other members of the crew are unable to find rest, putting the Enterprise on the trail of a mystery. I mean, that's pretty basic as far as the description goes. There, but there is a mystery. There is a mystery. And um, yeah, so Johnson, you picked this episode. Uh, I just love, so I started the analysis of our last episode with my keen observation that Mott is a critical member of the Enterprise (laughs) D and the Enterprise D would not be the same if Mott wasn't there. And you were like, yeah, like Mott's so annoying. And this is like one of the only times that we see the Enterprise D salon I'm like, no, we also see it in Sub Rosa. And then I forgot that it's also in this episode. It was a complete coincidence. I watched this episode and we got to that scene. I just started laughing because I was like, this is like probably one of three appearances that Mott has in the entire series. And somehow, we somehow picked we picked them. it. Yeah. And it was a complete accident. It was not intentional by any means. That was like my favorite scene because of that. But overall, I really, this, this episode has a place in my heart because, you know, I really love a good Star Trek mystery. Some of the best uh, episodes for me are when the crew, and this could be like, you know, any series really, um, less so Discovery because it's so serialized, but honestly when the crew is kind of just faced with this like scientific or... A medical mystery of some sort, um, and they need to solve it. I hope we get some of this in Strange New Worlds, honestly, because I think that these are easily watchable, they're self-contained, and they have the crew kind of working together to kind of figure things out and kind of using all their brain power cooperatively to tackle a, 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 an issue or in this case, um, a conundrum, which is another episode that I actually haven't watched recently, but whatever. Um, but that's a similar episode where the entire crew loses their memories and they all have to work together to kind of figure out, figure like, out what's happened. going on. Yeah. I actually really like episodes like this. And this episode in particular is just, you know, there's a bit of a focus on Will Riker. Just There's no particular reason why Will Riker is the focus because multiple members of the crew are having, ex- you know, these different experiences. But it just, I, I love the buildup in this episode where at first you see Riker, he 
he's just not sleeping well. He has like insomnia, whatever. And it's a slow buildup of like dread and mystery. And then you get to this holodeck scene where the, you know, it's basically like these survivors of, you know, what's been going on. Um, it's, it's like AA, you know, they're like all talking about their experiences. They get together in the holodeck. They kind of like, they kind of re- reveal like these like little bits and pieces that they each have of their own experiences. And it's like creepy as fuck. Like it's like by the end before the commercial break, the the noise, the, the, the sounds that they build, the setup in the holodeck um, is so good. It is this, it's like literally like, and I think what's the last thing that Will says, like someone was like, I've been here before. And then Will's like, we've all been here before. And it's like commercial break. And it was like just so good. And then like, you know, I, I don't know if like the payoff and everything is as good because these like, fish looking like aliens or whatever you know they're behind it all but this was an episode where i also think because they like it's there's a little bit of cliffhanger it's kind of like um conspiracy where there's a little bit of cliffhanger they like release like some sort of signal out to the void and it's like what's happening is there gonna be a follow-up there is no follow-up um but you know they're gone but are they you know, so I just think that um, this is, yeah, it's, it, it's there, there's not so much like character building. You know, it's really just the crew kind of putting their minds together, using their skills and their talents and their technology to kind of figure out what's going on. And you get this really cool reveal. So, yeah, for me, this is why, like, um, you know, this was an unappreciated but standout episode of, oh, my God, season six. Where are we that? Yeah, we're we're, we're, at we're, we're, six. we're close to the end. Um, so yeah, so so for me, this is why I really like this episode. And yes, I definitely hope that we get more of this stuff in Stranger Worlds, um, where it's like the entire crew working together. It's not just Michael Burnham, our Lord and Savior, you know, dealing with all the shit in the universe. It's the entire crew utilizing each and every one of their talents to come together to figure something out. Well, we and it's not, that. and the fate of the universe does not hinge on this. You know, it's like, it's like we need to we need to solve something, and it's great. Yeah, well, I I hope it does. I hope we do get to see some things like this in Strange New Worlds. I think it'll be really great. Um, you know, for me, so you love the holodeck episode, the holodeck part of this episode, and you know what? I really struggle with that part of this episode. Oh, really? I do. Interesting. Um, and I think it's, it's more a choice of how they describe things and what shows up in the Oh, yeah, no, that, that's, that, there's a little bit of that. I didn't go into that, but it's like, show me a metal table. And then it's like, it's like a surgical table. It's a surgical table. I'm like, is, is is, that a metal table? You know, yeah, I don't, so I don't, I guess I'm wondering production wise, like, were these things added? Like, well, I guess, so obviously the script was written and then... The, I don't think they may have only had some budget for so many tables. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I think this is this is where one of those things where the script and the production team didn't really 
think through what was being said and what they were showing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I watched it twice over the last couple of days to get ready for this talk, you know, to talk about this. And both times it just kind of stuck out to me as I, I get what they're doing. I get what the crew is doing and how that's working and at, from a story standpoint. Mm-hmm. But what you're seeing the holodeck produce is just very distracting and you know the yeah everything from I think they started out fine with the conference table, you know, like a wooden went, table. That's okay. When they went to the slanted wooden table, which isn't a table at all. I was like, "What is this table?" Yeah, it's like yeah. no, it is a table, but it's like weird. It's yeah. like it has this outside rim, and then the middle is slanted. Slanted, yeah. It just so, and then go goes from that to a surgical table. Yeah, this is this there are is a few not, steps missing. This is Correct. not a an Emmy award winning production. Uh, set up here because it just did not align with the script at all so that was distracting for me you know the going back to court sort of the beginning of the episode like i love like you get to see the real day-to-day like what life is like on the enterprise Mm -hmm. right and that i really like it like everyone has a bad day so you know you see will Riker, you know having a bad day didn't sleep his hair is like mussed up a little bit hair is all it's not as perfect as it usually is he's late to a meeting yeah um so i liked all of that um you know i i you know, some of the more disturbing pieces of the episode are like his arm was severed off right. and reattached. That's disgusting. That certainly elevated the um, elevated the uh, urgency and the right. immediacy of what was happening. Like there were some very some of the stakes were like the stakes raised. were raised. Yeah. yeah, like something like that. So um, you know, I, I thought it was. A little forced to bring war, like have Worf be a part of it. Uh, you know, I, I mean, obviously that generated the Mott scene, which going back to Mott really quickly, <laughs> he is annoying, number one, but number two. I love Mott. I, I want him do. to be a barber. Yes, I know you do. She said, if they're not squirming, we won't eat them. <laughs> ah, Mr. Worf, my good Klingon, sir. Welcome. <laughs> What a pleasure it is to have you back with us again so soon. (laughs) So, Lieutenant, uh, haircut today? Trim your beard? I would like my hair trimmed. Ah, a trim, of course. Not like last time. Oh, no, just a little off the top. (laughs) No, took way too much off last time. (laughs) Uh, I do not. I would probably slap him. Um, But I think what really gets me and, like, is that his co-worker just keeps a very, like... It's almost like he's not even talking. Like, either they... Which one? The, the, the other salon worker or whatever. Like, when they're... Because when, oh. all, all, the, the scene opens up with Mott just talking to him. And he's sort of, like, blank-faced. So either they did this take, like, a hundred times, and this is the fi- this is the one that Mott, the, car- the guy who plays Mott, actually gets through everything he's trying to say without a mistake... Um, and the other guy is just over, over, over it. Um, so uh, it's just, uh, it's kind of, you know, I'm just watching that, um, that scene unfold. And I'm like, this guy either is, is so completely interested, doesn't re- even react facially. Like there's no acting. It's almost like they have a mannequin there talking to, to Mott. And I'm just like, well, you know, I guess if he were boring the hell out of me too, 
but I, you know, it just, it kind of set up the whole thing. Again, a completely unnecessary scene. I think that it would have been fine. But the to, scissors. This is, yeah, the scissors. Yeah, the scissors. Yeah, I guess that piece is where he sort of brings it in. But, yes, yeah, um, it's relevant. Yeah, I guess that that's the piece that sort of ties it all together. Um, so, but anyway, you know, I, I, I do like how the stakes are raised. I do like how things are. Um, oh, we didn't even talk about Data's poetry reading. Oh, God. Oh, my God. That was such a great scene. I love O to Spot. Oh, Classic. Uh, it was so good. Yeah. And there was these, like, randos in 10 Forward that you kind of focus on mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Um, one of them was one of the people that ended up in the holodeck describing the scene, I believe. But oh, the, really? But, yeah, there was another one that was, like, sitting next to Picard. Picard, yeah. I was like, who yeah. is this girl? Yeah. And they're, like, making eyes to each other. I was like, ooh, is this a date? I was like, what's happening? No, she was in another episode. Um, they were just kind of, like, get us out of here. Either she, was but... in, uh, either she was in the episode before it, which uh, I think was Relics, actually, or... Um, which she may have been. She's like an engineering person. I think I've seen oh, her engineering. Uh, yeah. So she I was think dressed she, very casually. Yeah. Yeah. But she was, she's, she, her face and her hair stood out and I see. enough. I've seen her either. She was in, uh, season five around the Ensign Row episode or oh. she was, she was in Relics, uh, which is the episode before this, which, um, well, I love O to Spot. That's all I'm going to say. It's very clever. Like Jordy said, it, I agree with Jordy's analysis. It was very clever. It lacked like emotional depth, but you know, I'm all about cleverness. It was very, it was very focused on form over emotion yeah. and story, but yeah, um, it was really well done. Uh, I'll, I'll agree. You know, I, I feel the same way. About I would have been Jordy. like so paying attention. I, I would. He would have totally had my hundred percent attention. <laughs> Well, all right. Yes. So coming to the like coming to the end. So you know, I did just complain about the holodeck piece and how they developed it. What what I in the past when I'd watched this before, before this week, you know, in previous years, whenever the last time was I saw this, I thought that there was a lot more. I I, I remember falsely remembered that there was a lot more similarity between what they came up with in the holodeck and what actually was in the universe that they were. Oh, man, it was completely different. It was completely different. And I, it was a and completely for whatever different. Reason, for yeah. whatever reason, I I don't know how I overlooked that, but I did notice that I was like, okay, now there, at least I'm happy that there isn't, um, it isn't exactly like what you see in this universe. It shouldn't like it, be. It, 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 it shouldn't be. be. Yeah. But it's pretty different. It, it is. It is. Yeah. And I was glad about that, and that actually made it seem even creepier um when uh when that happened so uh the the scene in this other universe and you know it's south space domain yes thank you you're welcome uh the the way that will is carried out i thought was really uh quite good to see him like levitated out i thought that was some some decent uh, 19, <laughs> 19, early 1990s special effects. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. That was good. I, I, I find it to be respectable. Uh, um, yes. Yeah, so that stood up to time. Uh, but I, I did think that, that that setting and everything, I, I would have, like, honestly, like, the costumes on these um, creatures was great. Even though they do look a little bit like fish, I, I would <laughs> still say that, like, that coupled with their hoods, like, it was almost like a cult 
Yeah. Cultish I it was okay. Feeling. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I fish the... people, but I'm, I was okay with that. Yeah. I think, th- I thought they did a really, really good job with that. And I thought that it was appropriately creepy and you were kind of like, he's awake. Is he going to get caught? Like, you, you, even though you know he's not. He but... did take his sweet time to like do anything though. He's like kind of just lying there kind of yeah, waiting for his moment. Yeah. But I was like, you're waiting a long time. Yeah. You're jeopardizing Ensign Rager's life and, uh, yeah. you know, um, so, you know, I, I think that uh, it does, you know, it is creepy. It does pay off uh, well. Um, and I think it's actually a really enjoyable episode. Um, you know, it does come to a kind of a conspiracy-like Ugh, ending. Lost opportunity. I would have loved like some random follow-up on Voyager or something. Well, that would have been interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been really interesting to see that probe floating around and somehow making it to the Delta Quadrant and all yeah. of that. So. But, you know, we can't have everything that we want. So, yeah, that's fine. So, yeah. I mean, we've talked about missed opportunities uh, many times before. Yeah. But Including two things. <laughs> yeah. There could have been more to that story. There, there could have been, really? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. We're, 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 we're not talking about two Vicks this week, so we'll leave that for another episode. Um, but anything else, anything else you have, uh, thoughts on, uh, schisms? I mean, it's kind of straightforward. <laughs> I, I, I would agree yeah. with you in what you said, like this probably isn't something, you know, in the top 30 or 40 episodes, but it's a really yeah. good episode yeah, and it's a episode. really good standalone episode. Yes. No, I you agree. Know, if you're, yeah. if you're looking for an episode to tell a friend about to watch or mm-hmm. to get an idea of what Star Trek is is about or if you just want to watch a creepy episode around um halloween which uh this could have been like their halloween ish episode it would have Mm -hmm. fallen sometime around that time of year uh i definitely would recommend schisms i think it's a good creepy uh mystery story with uh definitely yeah i would definitely recommend it easy to watch good one off yeah, and and you know the the stakes are appropriately raised. They do lose mm-hmm. one of the ensigns who was taken, so I think that that's really interesting. And uh, I am still creeped out, and will always be creeped out by the fact that Will's right arm was uh, severed and reattached. And reattached. Yeah, uh, that didn't bother you as much. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, sure. so there we go. Uh, TNG's under uh, underappreciated episodes, uh, season six schisms. Wait, and so now, what are we talking about for season seven? Well, we've been talking about what we, <laughs> what, what we are going to talk about. Since, oh my God, I'm so excited. Since before we even began this series. So, um, Justin, for season seven, what episode? No, this is your gonna... pick, not mine. Uh, well, this is actually not really my pick. Wait, what would you pick then? No, you I, should I, pick I didn't, something. I didn't, no, I didn't. No, 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 no. This has always been the ending point for this series has been Sub Rosa. So we are going to watch next week uh, Sub Rosa. This is what this entire series is leading to. We were all, the end point was always going to be Sub Rosa. Rosa. You've been talking about Sub Rosa. That was the destination. It was. The past six weeks have just been the journey. It has. And you know, it's funny. uh, It's come up in multiple places, right? It can't has come up in interviews with Gates McFadden about her new podcast. Yes. It came up in uh, like, the pod print... director recently. Yeah. Gates McFadden oh, has yes, talked it about did. it. Yeah, yeah it, it did. Up... They brought it up. Yep. Yeah. Um, speaking of another great... Tony Newsom was like, is it a candle? Is it a lantern? <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Could you imagine if it was a lantern that Dr. Crutcher fell in love with? Yeah. I would love that. 
Yeah, so I have oh not watched god. this in a really, really long time. Oh so, my god! Uh, so I will have some fresh thoughts. We all know Johnson's feelings about this episode, and he's—I mean, super, I'm sure everyone does, but I certainly do. He's very excited about this, and so this is what we've been working uh, this entire time. These last yeah. six weeks of episodes have been all coming to this penultimate to the journey to the journey <laughs> to Subrosa. So next week we will talk about. The underappreciated, although I don't know. I think it's becoming more and more It's becoming this like weird like cult classic yes, of some sort. Yes. It's like so weird and out there and bad that it's good to some people. Well, um, yeah, and we'll we'll have to see. Uh, depending on who's out in Las Vegas this summer, we'll have to see if it somehow makes the rounds and comes up as a topic of conversation out there. But I'm going to dress up as a lantern or the candle. Okay, great. There we go. <laughs> So if you see a lantern or a candle walking around at uh, the 55-year mission this summer in, in August in Las Vegas, then you can just walk up to it and say, hi, Johnson. There we go. There we go. Um, so great. Well, why don't we, uh, we haven't done it in a little while. Why don't we talk a little bit about Off Topic? Great. So, Mike, what have you been watching or reading or whatever? Well, I was thinking about this when we were talking about doing this. And, and I haven't, you know, as far as TV goes, I haven't really been watching a lot of non-Star Trek. Because every time we watch a, a episode for this series of underappreciated ones... You I've get been, sucked in. I get sucked in and the Netflix playing the next episode oh my god 10 seconds after this one ends has really uh captured me so and also you know usually i'm watching or, or watching this while i'm cooking or something so i just let it continue to play. all right you know what when you watch sub rosa it needs your full attention okay i will remember that i'm just saying so uh so as far as what i've been you know we've we've been uh at Dennis and I did start Hello, Victor. We watched the first episode of season one, which... Wait, when is season two starting? Uh, this week, I think. Wait, you've never seen Hello, Hello no, Victor? No, because we only recently got... <gasps> oh, my God. It's yeah, good. Yeah. So, um, oh, my God. You're going to have the feelings later after you finish. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, season two is starting very soon. So, yes. Um, we've started watching that. But we have also... So we're also big fans of the uh, British Bake Off series. Great oh, right. British Bake Off bake-off mm-hmm. series and um on hulu we uh, dennis has found that there was an american version of this with paul hollywood who we both mm-hmm. love even i knew this i did not know this until dennis started watching this so we've been watching that and it's uh it's been all right so uh yeah watch... it's a little different it's than a the little British different one. but yeah. uh uh you know i'm not somehow the british propriety the propriety just adds an extra level to everything and they're more polite. Um, yes. There's yes. something about... Yeah. I mean, having Americans do this series is very weird to me because it's a very British show, number one. And number two, it is, um, you know, Americans are much more competitive. and They're much more competitive and they can be rude. They can. Uh, but, uh, you know, in this first series that I watched or that we watched, I don't know if it's the first series, but it was a 2018 holiday edition. Uh, you know, actually, I we watched the ending last night, and uh, I really enjoyed how uh, the three finalists were really rooting on each other, and they were actually really gracious in the way that the British p- 
people have been. Okay. So I was actually impressed with that. Okay. Um, I'm into that. So that was good. Um, so yeah, so Hello Victor, a little of the Great American Bake Off, and um, that's pretty much it for TV, uh, other than Star Trek. And so I have also recently completed two audiobooks. So did you finish the Discovery? One? I did finish Wonderlands. Yes. And uh, it was fine. You know, it was it's serviceable. It was serviceable. Um, you know, Una McCormick is a is a very good author. Um, she definitely, I will say this, she definitely captured Michael's voice and, like, attitude. And, mm. um, you know, so that, I think I got a little bit tired of that towards the end of the book. Um, but uh, after that, um, I, after that finished, I dived into a gay fantasy, young adult fantasy called Infinity Sun. Uh, Wait, by, I've heard of this. Yeah, by Adam Silvera. He's done a lot of uh, young adult gay main characters um and, and infinity sun was really enjoyable uh, it's a basically a it's new york but with magic and kids and you're not uh, into war. the fancy stuff as much though uh sometimes i am but this this was this did it for me i enjoyed okay. it um okay. good characters you know one of the main characters is gay okay um you know, and Adam, there is a fault, second one. I haven't started listening to that yet because um, I like to change it up, even though it kind of ends on a cliffhanger-ish. Um, I'm, you know, I'm going to read some other things before I go back and pick up the second book. But uh, really good uh, fantasy, like young adult. It's definitely young mm-hmm. adult. It's not like serious. It's not like ring world, like what you're reading. It's mm-hmm. uh, definitely. Way to spoil it. Well, I mean, you, you've got more stuff to talk about than just that. Mm. Um, so I enjoyed it, and I, and I recommend it. It's, it's, a, it's a good book. Um, and then I uh, listened to some military sci-fi, which I really enjoy. And uh, Into the Stars by James Rosson uh, is the first book in this, uh, what is it called? The in, Into the Republic. Military so, sci-fi, you said? Yeah. Is that like Starship Troopers? Like what? Yeah, that's sort of uh, military, yeah, like space opera, like grandiose, yeah. uh, like basically Earth, you know, Earth expanding into the stars type okay. situation. Fine. So, um, but with the mil- uh, heavy military focus and definitely like a kind of a grand, grander plan or mm-hmm. grander scheme of things. So, okay, okay. Um, that was really good. And that's the first book of, of that series. Um, something about the Republic, I forget. Rise of the Republic, that's what the subtitle is called. Okay, okay. So that was really good too. Um, and, uh, you know, Audible is already prompting me for, oh, continue listening to the series. Oh my God. Um, which is kind of annoying. So, um, but uh, yeah, so I just finished that, uh, I think, over the weekend. Probably as I actually finished it as I was preparing the backyard for the party, which we didn't end up using until the end. But anyway, um, so yeah, so those are two of the things. I don't think there's really anything else I've been doing off topic um, other than those. So I we talked a little bit about dinner, and I'm excited for you to share with our listeners your off topic things. Yeah, so I've been playing... Um... A lot of video games lately. I'm trying to get back into that a little bit. So one game that I'm playing is Hades, which is um, it was uh, indie darling. I I know you're not into gaming, but it was like uh, 
big game for the indie world last year. Um, it's fun. It's for the Nintendo Switch. I'm done with it. It's kind of over. Um, but the more interesting game that I'm playing is Mass Effect, the Legendary Edition. So this is a compilation game where it's three Mass Effect games in one. So they like remastered uh, some of these earlier games from Mass Effect. It was like one, two, and three. It was 2007, 2010, and 2013. So it was like in that order, I think, more or less. Um, so I've never played Mass Effect before. Mass Effect is a big deal. A lot of people love Mass Effect. It's in the video game discourse. People love it. People talk about it. I've just never played it. Like, you've probably heard of games like, you've probably heard of Mass Effect, just yeah, absolutely. In conversation. Sure. Yeah. There are these big games like The Witcher, you know, the Netflix series, but right. that's, you know, I've never even played like The Witcher. Like, you know, okay. these are big games. I just never played. I don't know why. It's like how I've never seen like Indiana Jones. Like, it would be the equivalent of that. I've never seen Indiana Jones. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, for me to call myself a gamer or a movie buff, but having never played like Mass Effect or watched Indiana Jones, it's kind of weird, right? So, I'm like, you know what? It's time. It is time for me to play. Are you listening? Who are you texting? Dennis is texting me. Keep going. All right, going. that's, that's fine. Keep going. That's fine. So, you know, I was like, it's time. You know, I, I need something to do other than rewatch old TNG episodes. So, I was like, let's play Mass Effect. And I wasn't sure about this because I'm not into... I'm not going to get into it. Mass Effect is kind of like a Western RPG versus like a Japanese role-playing game. It's a very different style. Um, but I was like, sure, let's try this. Um, and I'm loving it. I finished Mass Effect 1, 2, and now I'm on Mass Effect 3. So spoilers for Picard Season 1 and for a 14-year-old game. Um, when I finished, I mentioned this to you, when I finished Picard Season 1, or towards the end of Picard Season 1, I did see a lot of reviews about Picard Season 1, and a lot of people were like, like, Picard just ripped off Mass Effect, and I didn't have the reference. I didn't know what they were talking about, um, I, I didn't know, I, because I'd never played it. So I finally played Mass Effect, I finished Mass Effect 1, and I was like, I can see what people are talking about. There are many parallels. And the thing is, like, you said this, like, during dinner, like, you know, Mass Effect has definitely been inspired by Star Trek, for sure. You're talking about this, There, it's the foundation of the game or the universe that Mass Effect's in is that there is this interstellar council of alien races. Um, there, there's not, like, a federation, but it's, like, there's a governing body of sorts. And between all these, there are dozens of races in this game. I don't remember most of their names. But, um, you know, obviously you play like a human because whatever. Um, but, yeah, there's like, you get thrown into this. It's very much like The Witcher or um, Shadow and Bone where you're just thrown in and they throw all these pronouns at you and you're like, what, what, who, you know? Um, so Mass Effect is one of those games where they just like throw you into the deep end and you just got to like, you know, tread water or something. It's interesting because I, I figured out The Witcher and enjoyed The Witcher, but I didn't yeah. figure out... It takes out, like an episode or two, though. I didn't figure out Witcher. Shadow and Bone and didn't really? follow up. Yeah, I didn't... Uh, or, or Dennis started watching it without me and I, I watched Caught Pot of it and didn't really... Okay. Understand. You didn't so, watch like two or three episodes and then you kind of get it. Yeah. Yes. 
Sometimes, you know, though, I'm not always willing to give, you know, if, if it's not interesting enough or if it's, yeah. you know, if it doesn't catch me. Yeah, The Witcher, it's like one of those where they like throw a lot of names at you and eventually you catch on, you know, you kind of figure it out. Yeah. Mass Effect is similar. Where, we also have Henry you know, Cavill to look at. So. Yes, Henry Cavill is kind of hot. Yeah, so. But in any case, your main character in Mass Effect, John Shepard, is the savior of the universe. He's like the Michael Burnham of Mass Effect. <laughs> but the main mystery of Mass Effect and the main antagonist of Mass Effect is basically this extremely advanced... Spoilers! Spoilers! <laughs> for like the next 10 minutes extremely advanced artificial intelligence race like you know they're they're synthetic they're all synthetic and the the main plot main narrative of mass effect one the first game of the series is they're being called back so every fifty thousand years or so um they come and wipe out all biological life in the galaxy and in this game, in the first game, there's like a herald. Like he's like trying to get them to come because he thinks that he... So what happens, which is also very similar to Picard season one, is he gets exposed to this artifact that plants visions in his brain. And he's like, you know, I got to get them to come, you know, like, because if I do this for them, they will spare me. And now he's on this quest to find these like artifacts that will get them that will basically activate the beacon that will get them to come from wherever they are hiding outside in like intergal they're like in between the galaxies they're hiding out in the dark space or whatever and you know he can get them to come and do their thing and john shepherd the main character your character is trying to put a stop to it and i was like all right, so extremely advanced artificial intelligence that wants to wipe out all biological life, and there are visions and warnings, because John Shepard, your main character, also gets like the visions, and he is able to interpret it, and he's like, oh, this is what the bad guy is trying to do. And he's like, and I'm like, okay, okay, visions, um, is, it, is it the ammunition? No, it's not the ammunition. It is something completely different. Um, oh, it's a warning. There's a beacon. They're being called from, like, you know, outside the galaxy, um, you know, some, through some sort of, like, you know, um, portal. Okay, okay. You know, and I was like, all right. So you saw these reviews about Picard season one, and did they ever say in the reviews, because I didn't read these reviews because it wouldn't have been applicable to me as, you know, did mm -hmm. Michael Shaban ever reply or did someone Oh, I don't ever, know. I don't know. You know, because... One, Michael Shabon has been a writer for many, 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 many years, mostly mm -hmm. in books. So, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. I I don't get the impression that he's a huge gamer. So I don't know if he had, you know, if he had the general thread of, of Picard mm -hmm. and people in the writer's room were who were gamers were kind of throwing. This Maybe. In. I, I mean, have no idea the Genesis. You know, I wasn't know. in the writer's room. I don't, yeah, I don't of course know not. How, no, like, I'm just wondering. Together. I'm kind of like postulating like what could have, you know, because it does sound a like pieces of this definitely sound very obviously very similar to Picard, so I'm just wondering. Yeah, the and there's like convergence of ideas. It happens. I get it. Yeah, I mean things get stuck you in know. your head. Like if you were a, if you were a gamer and you did this game back in 2007, yeah. you would probably still be talking about it now. Yeah, even though this is a re-release and like updated, right, 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 right. you would still be talking about it now. So that story kind of sticks in you right. the same way like uh, the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings story. Mm -hmm. 
sure, which has been around for 70, 80 years, yeah. is stuck in everyone's mind. So I think it's, you know, it sounds like Mass Effect is one of those games that just kind of envelops it, or becomes uh, a piece of the culture. It's become a piece of, you're right. It's yeah. become a piece of like pop culture, especially Western, like Western entertainment culture, because again, it's a Western role-playing game. And it's really popular in the U.S. And obviously, Star Trek is a U.S. production. So, yeah, you know, there's sure. definitely going to be, like, some of these, like, overlaps. And there's going to be, like, duplication of ideas. Um, but... Did you work your way through all three Mass Effects? Or I'm on the third one right now. You're on the third one. Mm-hmm. And so, how much time have you... Like, how like not being a gamer myself, like, how much time have you invested in each of these games? So, around, like... 20 to 25 hours per game per, per game yeah so now yeah so i'm talking around like 50 something like 50 to 50, 60, 60 hours, right now hours, yeah because i'm the beginning of mass effect 3 yeah and and these are basic questions i realize like yeah. i don't even know what gaming platform you're on like it's what, for the ps4 but it's on pc it's on xbox oh, okay yeah so it's out there for yeah all the... it's on steam which is for pc okay um so yeah they, they tried to make it so that Almost Everyone anyone can, can play it. Yeah. And it, it's a single person player yeah, game. So, yeah, it's so a you, one player game. Like yep. you can't, like I can't come over and play with you. It's literally like. We could. Or... So a couple of my friends are doing this, but they're a couple. So they're like playing together because okay. it is a very story driven game. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of like almost like an interactive movie where right, you do there, are, it as there that. are gaming yeah. elements, but it's a lot about your decision making and how you form your character. Your character can be. A really nice guy or really fucking terrible and it affects the entire storyline and, and by that by those decisions like whether he kills someone or shoots up something or steals something or takes yeah something, it, like, it's like there are certain like key points where you know it's going to affect things but sometimes it comes as a surprise like for example in the second game i decided to not really form a close friendship with one of the characters and the character ended up dying and that character's never coming back um like third game they're gone Okay, but there are some characters I formed a really close relationship to, um, and they will refer to events that I did in the first game, even. Um, And you think about this very impressive because again, remember the original game was two thousand seven, two thousand ten, twenty thirteen. So they would take your save file from the first game, remember all you did, Mm. and then three years later, your your actions from the first game impacted events. How events unfold. So if you wanted to do something different, you would have to go back and you start have to over, go back. You would create a whole new profile. Create a new whatever. profile, redo, or I can go back and be like an evil person, and I can okay. and have a completely different storyline. Um, there's like a, the general storyline still the same, like you know some right. broad strokes, but you you know all the decisions that you make have lasting impacts, which is very interesting. So it's like one of those. It's like it's like a choose your own adventure kind of game, you know, um, where there is a gameplay element, there's a shooting element, but a lot of it is about the story, the narrative, and how you form relationships and how you affect the people around you. And again, a really basic question. Are you, like, is what you see on the screen basically you're seeing through John Shepard's eyes? Yes, or? yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So that's a first-person shooter? Is that no, it's not a first-person. It's a third-person game. So you see, like, okay. over the shoulder when you're playing, when you're shooting. Okay. But you can see your character. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Oh, so you can see your character. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh, not okay. all first-person POV. Oh, okay. 
So, yeah, so that's definitely occupying a lot of my time. But going back to, yeah, I, I, I think that um, it's just interesting because Mass Effect definitely has tons, has taken tons from Star Trek. Like the world building, the races, the, the they call it the council. Like it's like, that's like the, you know, Federation Council, whatever, basically. Um, but then it's like, it's this happens. This is what happens. It's like, and then, you know, Picard, years and years later, it's like, oh, wow, there's like a lot of story elements from Mass Effect that, you know, that they may have inadvertently taken or subconsciously taken, mm-hmm. um, which is just very interesting. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm making my way through Mass Effect. And then, so I'm watching some TV. I, oh, I started watching Ted Lasso. Um, which I've only seen one episode, but I think it's it's good. Okay, I, I mean, everyone raves about it. Yeah, everyone people does. loves it. Uh, it's kind of my first season too. Yeah, so I'm I'm starting to watch that. I'm still watching The Handmaid's Tale, your favorite. <laughs> um, and I started to read Ring World, which is a classic. It's like I think from the '70s or something. Well, one kudos to you for reading a second book for reading. In yes, twenty twenty one. Yes, this is an impressive, and, and I guess I'm going to take partial credit for your reading because yes. I got you to read Andy Weir's new book, mm-hmm. um, which was excellent. Uh, but I'm glad to see that your your yeah. diversity of <laughs> entertainment experiences has expanded to reading. Uh, electronic. I would assume. Yes, books. of course. Uh, I mean, yeah. Well. So reading Project Hail Mary, it kind of scratched a very specific itch for me. Which is? Which is this very, like, hardcore sci-fi, like, fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is... So I started to look for, like, hard sci-fi novels. um, And I've already read the Three Body Problem series. That's one of the top ones. Uh, There was another series I've already read, which I would highly recommend... Um, the first book of which is called Spin. It's fascinating. It's really, really good. I think you would like it as well. Is this like a foundation, like an Asimov's foundation, like hard science or like things? A like little that? bit, yeah. It's like very heavily influenced by Asimov, yeah. Um, well, Ring World is about. Um, it's like many hundreds of years in the future, and basically there are alien races living amongst us. You know, they're whatever, whatever, but a few of them go on a mission to basically um, explore this planet that has a ring around it. You know how in Relics there's a Dyson sphere? Like, it completely right. covers the sun. Yeah. Yeah. In Ringworld, ring world, there's like a planet. Like, sorry, there's like a ring surrounding a sun. Oh, wow. And it's similar to a Dyson sphere where it's yeah, completely covered. living on this ring? So you can live in the interior, okay. like, of the ring. Okay. Um, so except it's not completely covered. It's not a sphere. It's like a ring, which is much more easily. So the flat to be- side is towards the sun. Yes. Which is would- a ring like that we see in Saturn around Saturn. Which right. Is flat. Correct. To the- so the ring spins. So it creates like creates gravity, gravity centrifugal force. Okay, yeah. Um, and it absorbs like yeah all the energy from the sun. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, and people live on the interior facing the I'm not that far yet. Oh, I, I don't okay. know if there are people. Right. It might be a, a relic situation where oh, it's been okay. abandoned or something. Oh, okay. So they just got there, basically. Oh, okay. All right. Um, it's okay. It's like, I think that um, it's, the language is a little bit dated. Sure. Um, 
It's and, the 70s. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, and it is one of those books where they throw a lot of pronouns. I'm like, oh my god, all the pronouns. And then I was playing The Witcher, and then I was reading Ringworld, and I got some mythology confused. It was, like, really bad. I was like, wait, I was like, faster than light travel in this world? Really, how does it work versus that? You know, like, I was getting, like, a little bit all over the place. Um, but it's still good. It, you know, I just... It's it's not as quick a read as like Project Hail Mary where there's this humor, it's fast, they explain things, they don't throw things at you without like some sort of like because this is like they literally throw pronouns at you and you're like, I don't know, versus like Project Hail Mary where they kind of try to explain the science a little bit. So um I'm kind of like working my way through it. We'll see. We'll see okay. if I finish. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely keep us updated. Uh, and if you continue, do continue reading, it sounds fascinating enough to hear more about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let everyone know. Great. Uh, cool. Is that all for Off Topic for you, I think? I think so. Those are, I think those are the main. I'm excited for um, for Love, Victor, because you reminded me that that's coming back. Yeah. So very excited. I'm excited for Elite Season 4. That's coming back. <laughs> I know you didn't really go like continue that, but oh my god, I'm so excited. That, yeah, no. Um, that's coming back in mid June, and then what else is there? I don't know. I think that's pretty much it. Well, I mean, we're only uh, about two months away from Lower Decks premiering. Oh, that's right. That's Since right. We are in mid June and uh, SCLV. Yeah. So we uh, and hopefully, you know, somewhere in there, Prodigy perhaps and. I don't know. Discovery season four is still has not officially still still has not wrapped per se, but um, yeah. So there's uh, a lot of Star Trek coming down the line, but also uh, I would imagine some other good sci-fi coming. Around. I hope so. Yeah. Awesome. So that's it. That's it. All right. Well, uh, now's a good time to give a shout out to our friends at Fansets. Who didn't you already talk about them a little bit earlier? Well, we talked about the fan geeks party in vegas mm, yes uh but we did not give the little promo which simply says you know you could have done it at the same time but i could fine. have i could have yes uh but we got caught up in the whole two vix uh trek I mean... <laughs> fan geeks uh discussion and that thing. yes yes so, uh-huh um, i did not put a promo in for them there there uh last week we did talk about this new anniversary pin set and actually, today, pre-orders went up for the magnetic version of the Strange New World slash Captain Pike uh, badge. I don't uh, know what you're talking about. So the badge that they wear on the Enterprise, the, the type of badge that they wear on the Enterprise and oh, Discovery. the Delta with a the Delta, little yeah. squiggle in the middle? Yeah, but it's got the silver like background. Oh, okay. Bit. Yeah, so... Uh, Fans that says uh, really uh, done a pre- or is doing pre-orders right now for the magnetic version of that, and also I believe uh, the magnetic versions of the All Good Things uh, a future com badge um, oh. look from uh, with the bars with the bars yes you know I think that you should just buy more pins because I know Dennis hates stuff. And just hide them around the apartment. <laughs> and just, like, have magnets and pins 
like slowly accumulate in the apartment and see how long it takes them to notice. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I'll do that. Um, <laughs> I think that would be a fun game. Uh, it's like, oh, in recent watch the game, right? The what? The game, TNG episode. Oh, yeah, right. Um, another, of, another episode that... Underappreciated? I don't know. Is it underappreciated? Or then, it's you know, what that, you know what that brings up for me is Move Along Home from DS9, which is also a game. Oh, the board game, game episode from season one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, which yeah. wasn't the best, it wasn't the worst. It was not. Uh, you um, know, early, early DS9 was still getting its feet, but still being very different than mm-hmm. anything else. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, getting back to fansets oh, right. very briefly. Uh, That's why we're here. You know, uh, fansets supports the Truck Geeks podcast network. And you, our dear listeners, can get 10% off your order if you use the code DSPRIDE, all caps, in checkout. You'll get 10% off your order. And if you order over $30 worth of pins, shipping is free. In free the shipping! US. So, uh, I love free shipping. Free shipping is nice. Uh so, I mean, yeah. you know the costs are baked in, but it still feels good. Yes, exactly. Of course. Uh, but we want to give a huge thank you to Fansets for supporting Deep Space Pride and the Truck Geeks Podcast Network. Thanks, Fansets. All right. So we've already told people how to reach us, but just in case they haven't. Again? Again. Just tell them, you know, how, how can people reach us if they have any thoughts on, on our off-topic, on our breakdown of uh schisms uh maybe some people out there have had nightmares about schisms uh, or which if, it does, or if you have or if you're in feverish anticipation of sub rosa and our discussion about that you can let us know there we go well. yeah so how can people do that so people can reach us on instagram and twitter at d space ride or you can email us at deepspacepride at gmail.com and we will respond to you at some point. There we go. Well, I think that does it for this week's live in-person episode. I know. This is great. Yeah, this worked out really well. I like feel I paid so much more attention to you talking than I usually do. That's true. You did not have your work laptop open and was answering emails as I spoke. That's true. It's less opportunity for multitasking. More accountability. There was. Uh, no, this worked out really good, and hopefully, uh, when we put it out there, the audio quality. When we put this all through, oh the, my god! If I we if we re-record this, I'll I will stab you in the face. No, we're not, No, this is no. We've got a solid recording. I'm I'm actually really happy with the solid recording. Um, so yeah, so we'll see you next week. Uh, we'll have another pride prompt, and we'll be talking about season seven's underappreciated episode yeah uh but it sort of falls into the infamous category so we may have to, <laughs> we may have to do a bonus episode for season seven. Oh my god it is underappreciated uh, but uh for next week uh if you want to follow along with us uh watch sub rosa and that's what we'll be talking about yes candles candles or lanterns Anyway, everyone, have a great week. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all soon. Bye-bye. See you later. Deep 
Space Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.